Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast with April Elliott Kent and me, producer and co-host Jen Brown. Hey friends, Jen here. Today is September 21st, 2020. And here with me is my friend, who's always a winner in my book, astrologer April Elliott Kent. Hi, April. You're a winner in my book, too, Jen. <laughs> she was laughing. Hello. I was. I was chuckling over here to the side. <laughs> chuckling in San Diego. Well, of course, what you're referring to in your oh-so-playful way... You know it. ...is that we completed our first annual potathon. We did. ...a couple of weeks ago now, and we have notified the winners already, but we wanted to give them a little shout-out here on our episode. Please do, April. Who do we have? Who are the big winners? Well, Violet and Toby have chosen the winners. Violet was very involved in this selection process, which we didn't think would happen. Surprisingly so. In fact, she was the first one in the walk. We have this gigantic walk that a friend gave us. And this is really the kind of thing it gets used for. It gets used if I make checks mix at the holidays, <laughs> or it gets used for things like this. So yeah, Violet was really into it. Yeah. She chose the first two or three winners. Uh-huh. Yeah. So our report winners, and I feel like we really need a drum roll here, but we're going to leave that up to you, Jen. Here. Yeah? Excellent. Okay. Did that sound like anything on your end? Well, it did, but it was very small (laughs) and very, very. Okay. So Marina Vasilic, I think is how you say it, either that or it's Vasilic, is the winner of a free report from my online store. And we're excited about that, especially because Marina's a pod pal. She's been supporting the podcast for a long time. Thank you, Marina. Yeah. And we're very happy that that Violet chose her. Also, (laughs) Emily Lane is the winner of a report. And Karen Carruthers, and I have Mitchell in parentheses, so I'm not Mm. sure. Yes, anyway, well, thank you and yay for the three of you. Also, our winner of the 60-minute reading with yours truly is Suzanne Eau Claire. You're a wonderful cheer. Do you enjoy my rejoicing in the background? I really do. You're you're bringing (laughs) the enthusiasm. And now we do need an extra drum roll for this because the name of our top prize winner, the 90-minute reading with me, is Kieran Gibbons. Yay! Yay! Now, we were having so much fun with it, and after the camera stopped rolling, I went ahead and had Toby pick one more winner for a report. Excellent. Yeah, so what, sadly we don't have that on camera. It was too fun to stop. It really was. So <laughs> Tammy Dashchuk, I think is how you Yay. say it. Also, we'll get a report. So we actually have four report winners and two winners of readings with you, April. Just because we're feeling especially Jupiterian and, and it was really so much fun and We really want to thank you all. And we got the nicest comments from people with their donations and the loveliest emails. And it was so wonderful to know that you're really enjoying what we're doing, that you really value it. People were saying that every week they look forward to listening to the podcast. They just like to hear us, you know, do the kind of stuff that we do, (laughs) that voodoo that we do so well, Jen. That's great. And we love bringing it to you. So... Thank you. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to everybody. We really appreciate you listening. Of course, we wouldn't have a podcast without listeners. Exactly. That's the most important part. And the donations, 
are going to be so helpful for meeting our expenses for the coming year. So we're truly grateful. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. (laughs) And we actually had a listener in Latvia reach out to us. We did. The famous Latvia. Now, we've been in the top charts in Latvia week after week after week for months. Yes. And every week, April and I see this, and we sort of have wondered why the popularity in Latvia? (laughs) Yeah. Is it our Bob Ross references? What is it exactly? Yeah. And? Well, we got a comment on the BigSkyAstropod.com website. On episode 47, we had a comment from listener, and apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name, but I think it's pronounced Liga. And this person writes, Hi, April and Jen. Greetings from Latvia. Smiley face. (laughs) And you know you're getting smiley faces from us at this point. Absolutely. Truth be told, I might be the guilty one for your popularity in Latvia. No guilt. (laughs) No guilt, absolutely. The praiseworthy individual. Liga puts guilty in air quotes. Okay. I'm a professional astrologer and love to listen to podcasts while walking my dog. And particularly interested in podcasts about astrology, of course. Found your podcast soon after you began at the end of 2019 and love your inspiring mood, deep knowledge, and easy but still very saturating explanations. And as I have an astrology school, I suggested your podcast to my students and colleagues. As a Cancer by Sun and Gemini Moon Ascending, love Mondays. And now, even more because of new episodes. Keep doing what you do. Big thanks. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Yes, and a Gemini Moon person. Just like you, April. This is very exciting to me. Aw, thanks, Liga. Well, see, that's the explanation. Liga's enjoying the podcast. Mm-hmm. And perhaps Liga's dog is enjoying the podcast <laughs> as, as well. well. Who knows? So that's an extra <laughs> download right there. And then we've got an entire school of aspiring astrologers in Latvia. So thank you, Liga. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, our very first special episode lands tomorrow. And if you donated $5 or more during our podathon, or you were already an ongoing donor to the podcast and you haven't received an email from us as of today about how to access that episode, please check your spam folder, first of all. And if you don't find something there, please email me, april at bigskyastrology.com, because these episodes are going to be available only to our donors, and so they're going to be behind a privacy wall, and we want to get you the information on how to access that. April, can people still kick in $5 and receive the special episode, even if it's September 25th or 29th? Yes, we have made an executive decision that throughout the year, if people become a pod pal or they donate $5 or more then absolutely we want them to have access to these delightful special episodes. Will people be able to receive the September 22nd Equinox episode if they donate $5 or more on September 29th, for example? They can, but they may have to contact me to get that because I'm not exactly sure how it's going to be set up yet. Yeah, We might have a way to do that automatically and make it be obvious. I'm just not entirely sure as we record this a week in advance. So folks can contact you at april at bigskyastrology.com and you can connect them to that September 22nd Equinox episode, even if it's October 3rd. That I can. Okay, perfect. Thank you, my friend. That's great. Thank you. And thanks to all of you. Well, speaking of October, that makes me think of Libra Oh. and some things happening in Libra this week. What can you tell us about the Equinox, my friend? Well, the equinox is on September 22nd, 6.31 a.m. Pacific time, and that is when the sun enters tropical Libra. 
It's one of the four big ingresses of the year. We call them ingresses when the sun is moving into a sign. And when the sun moves into one of the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, it's the beginning of a new season. And we consider these especially important charts for the moment that that takes place. Mundane astrologers, people who study the astrology of the world, look at these ingress charts in great detail. And we do talk about that quite a bit in our special episode. Yeah, we look quite a bit at the details of the chart. Right. Basically, this is the beginning of autumn in the Northern Hemisphere and spring in the Southern Hemisphere. You've been talking about, just to make me jealous, Jen, you've been mm. talking about the beautiful changing mm. fall colors of the trees in your, in your Minneapolis. September and October are the most beautiful months in Minneapolis. It's really lovely. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it is nice. I miss that. Mm -hmm. I do miss the deciduous trees and the fall color. Here in San Diego, all we have is the changing colors of the sky, depending on whether we have fires on a given oh day. Oh, my gosh. So it's so sad. It is sad. It's very, and let us give a shout out and a lot of love to all of our listeners on the West Coast of the mm -hmm. United States, because there are fires just about everywhere. Yeah. A lot of people impacted. So we're sending a lot of love and mojo your way. And April, listeners might be wondering how you're doing in San Diego. How have the fires been impacting you there? They haven't been impacting me, I'm happy to say, but there was a very big fire to the east of us yeah. in the eastern part of the county, and I don't think they have it contained as mm -hmm. we record this on the 14th of September. Wow. Really big. And the air quality can really suffer. It's been pretty bad. I mean, I'm staying inside a lot anyway, but especially during this time. So thanks for thinking of us here, and we're sending a lot of good thoughts to our friends in the eastern part of the county. Absolutely. So the sun going into Libra here, you know, as I say, it's autumn. And of course, down under, they're experiencing the first stirrings of spring, which is lovely. This is the season of relating when the sun goes into Libra. The equinox is the season of celebrating the harvest, honoring our ancestors as we do at the end of October, at Samhain, at Halloween, All Saints Day, Day of the Dead. And also giving thanks, which is what we do in December prior to the solstice. That's the nature of the season. We know as astrologers that Libra for us is about our interactions with other people and collaboration of all kinds, collaborating with nature, going into the marketplace and exchanging goods and services, as well as the usual things that we think about when we think about relationship. I was reading on farmersalmanac.com this morning that Equinox in Latin means equal, and nox means night, so it's equal night. Well, that's the way to remember. People do get confused about equinox versus solstice, and that is actually not a bad way to remember it. It's just you have to remember what times of year it happens. Yeah. So it's equal day and night, roughly speaking, and that introduces the idea of balancing along a polarity, which is Libra is in a polarity with Aries. It's fall here, spring down under, but it's finding that balance point between self and others, between day and night, between putting energy out into the world and then, you know, also being receptive. And Venus is ruling this equinox because she is the ruler of Libra. Mm -hmm. And in Leo, what kind of a flavor does that give this? Warms it up a little bit, I would say. Yeah. It's not that Libra is a chilly sign, but it's a more intellectual sign. We say that signs of complementary element, like Libra being air and Leo being fire, are complementary to each other because 
air, Libra would fan the flames of Leo's fire, and Leo fire warms the air that's represented by Libra. It is a little warmer than usual Libra season. We're seeing that with fires as well, of Mm. course. And Venus is getting close to the trine with Mars at the equinox. At some point, they will come together in that lovely aspect. Yeah. Thank you. And in the next episode, of course, we could talk about your solar return. Oh, is that next week? Yeah. The next episode after this one, can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. I can't. No. All right. Well, our friend Mercury is very busy this week. Indeed. And what is he doing first this week? Well, the first thing that he's going to do is make a square to Saturn. We talked when Mercury entered Libra back on September 5th that it was going to be a little bit of a challenging season for Mercury as it will be for the sun in Libra, because they have to get entangled in some contretemps with Mars and Aries and with Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto and Capricorn. So we've reached that moment in Mercury's journey when he gets to start mixing it up with some of those difficult planets. So Mercury makes a square to Saturn on September 23rd at 3.38 a.m. Pacific time, And I think of this as representing the tension between collaboration, which Mercury and Libra wants in diplomacy, versus the Saturn and Capricorn spirit, which is I'm the boss. There is a clear authority and there's no point discussing anything because Capricorn has pretty much made up its mind what's what. And its job is to be the executive, the manager, the person that's going to get us from here to there. And Mercury's like, can't we just collaborate? And Mercury's just like, well, have you thought of this? (laughs) (laughs) Have you looked at it this way? Uh And Saturn's going, there's absolutely no point in doing that because I've already told you what we're going to do. Mercury (laughs) Mercury and Saturn came together in a conjunction back on January 12th, 2020, which was also the day of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. This is the opening square in that particular little cycle. A little bit of difficulty there for Mercury back in January to get much of a voice or a toehold when Saturn and Pluto were blowing up the skies. Mercury's the messenger. It's almost as though Mercury is bringing messages forward from that time now for us to break open and examine and talk about and really look at both sides of it and then let that guide our vision going forward. Capricorn is, I'm not sure visionary is the word that I would use, but they're very good at coming up with a plan to get us from here to there, and to tackle big, important issues and problems or plans or objectives. So Mercury is just opening the dialogue about that or trying to and saying, well, okay, back in January, we had this plan. How viable is that now? How might we adjust and fine-tune it a little bit for the current situations we find ourselves in? Saturn will not be happy about this, but I think it's helpful. And Saturn, for his part, can be a little discouraging to Mercury. As I said before, there's not a lot of point in dialogue. It is what it is. There's not much that we can do individually. Talking's not going to help. So they're having this kind of friction. These ideas are having this kind of friction this week. And April, isn't this the closing square of Mercury to Saturn? Yes, my Mercury friend, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here in my Saturn going, no, no. But no, no, no. That's absolutely true. And in fact, but look at you with your open mind thinking about it and going, yeah, you're right, Jen. I know. Look at me. Look at me growing as a person. 
That's hilarious. This is actually the first of three closing squares that we will have. So today and then November 1st, while Mercury is retrograde, because we have that delightful thing coming up, and then on November 6th. Can you explain the difference between an opening square and a closing square and why it even matters, why I'm even asking that? What does it matter? A square is a square, right? It's important. The energy is very different. And all you have to do is go back to our episode on the lunar phases. Have them with a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was the title. I'll link it. Yeah. We had a discussion about the first quarter moon and one about the last quarter moon. And this is analogous to that. The first quarter moon represents the first square from the moon to the sun in the cycle. Energetically, it's a time of initiation. Whether or not you know exactly what you're doing, the point is to just jump in there and do something. The last quarter moon represents also the moon squaring the sun, but the point in the cycle is very different. It's a point of examining what you have done up to now, figuring out how you might need to make some adjustments if you try to do something similar in the future, and to try to just basically rescue every bit of experience you still can get from the cycle. Energetically, they're very different, even though they represent the same aspect between two planets. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. You know, Mercury always we think of as this conversational planet, and it is, but it is also this planet of processing information and experience. And that's particularly the job of the closing square, saying, what have we been doing since January? Let's reflect on this. Yeah, it's a finishing energy instead of a beginning energy. Right. And I think you mentioned to me earlier that Mercury has now entered its shadow period. Yes, Mercury enters his shadow on the same day that Mercury squares Saturn. And Saturn's slowing down because Saturn will be turning direct on the 29th. So a shadowed Mercury is squaring a stationing Saturn. That sounds a bit intractable. It does. Especially Saturn slowing down. And Mercury in its shadow, I think we've probably talked about on one of our many Mercury retrograde episodes, like (laughs) Mercury retrograde, where Where are my my pants? pants. Yeah. (laughs) Which we will link. That's always worth reviewing. Well, does it matter that, am I using the right language here? The sun would be the final dispositor of Mercury because Venus rules Libra, which is where Mercury is. Mm Mm-hmm. But the sun rules Leo, which is where Venus is. Mm -hmm. And so there's the sun in Libra also with Mercury facing off against that slowed down Saturn. One would almost think Saturn has the upper hand here because Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. But there's the sun buddying up next to Mercury. What we have between the sun and Venus now is called mutual reception, Mm. where each planet is in the sign that the other rules. Nice. It's a really lovely relationship between two planets, actually. Right. So the sun being in Libra, which is ruled by Venus, which is in Leo, which is ruled by the sun. So you get this circular relationship. How that was explained to me, and I might have mentioned this before, is that it's as if if you want to, you can consciously use each of these planets as though they were in their rulership. And basically, they're just assisting each other in a special way. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm glad you caught that because I should have thought of that when we were talking about Venus being in Leo and how that impacted the sun in Libra. There we go. Mercury is the very next day going to make an opposition to Mars then. Mercury's got some serious aspects happening these two days. Yeah, that's on September 24th at 3.54 a.m. Pacific time. What can you tell us about Mercury opposite Mars? 
Well, to get there, I think we should probably start back at Mercury's conjunction with Mars. Okay. Back in 2019 in Virgo, it made three different conjunctions. On June 18th, 2019, July 8th, while it was retrograde, and then September 3rd, all last fall. And Mercury coming together with Mars is, first of all, how we express our Mars and the things that Mars is connected to. Ambition, anger is a really big one with Mercury and Mars. Being assertive as opposed to aggressive in the way we communicate. These are all important sides of Mercury with Mars. So we had a conjunction then last summer and into the early fall, and we might have been seeing some fallout from that ever since, from issues we had with people close to us, especially things related to work matters because it was in Virgo. So now we're at the opposition point. I mean, there was a square between Mercury and Mars in May of this year. And then on July 8th, again, when it was retrograde, and July 27th. So the square would have been another moment to examine how well we are doing giving voice to Mars. I see. So Mercury is in Libra. It's opposed Mars, which is very powerful in Aries, even though it's currently retrograde. And because the opposition is to Mars retrograde... (laughs) And Mercury is getting ready to turn retrograde. This goes back to old matters Mm. pretty explicitly. Mm -hmm. And it's either with the same people you've had some issues with before, some disagreements probably, or it is about the same particular kind of conflict. So if you find yourself continually having the same kinds of arguments or disagreements or even conversations with different people, Mm -hmm. you can say, yeah, there's something here I need to untangle. There's an underlying theme, maybe. Yeah, we need to be able to get a little bit of intellectual distance from Mars. You know, Mars is so physical and so immediate and right in the moment. And Mercury, especially in Libra, gives us a chance to stand back and try to get a little perspective on what's really bothering us or what is it we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to see the other person's point of view. Basically, it's a time to um, rethink how well you're doing with asserting yourself and with conflict, generally. And of course, it's squaring all those Capricorn planets at this point. It's forming a T-square to those Capricorn planets. Right. So the release point would be in Cancer, at the end of Cancer. Yeah, which like doesn't want to say anything. (laughs) Right. The crab. It takes a defensive position. (laughs) We talked about the crab shell, I think that was last week. Right, because Mercury and Libra is like, well, let's have a dialogue about this. And Mars and Aries is, no, (laughs) we're Uh not going to do that. And Capricorn is similarly, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, that no discussion is really called for here. Mars doesn't want to discuss it because that's not how Mars works, generally speaking. Mars is more about doing, just jumping in there and getting things done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not interested in having a conversation about it. And Capricorn's not interested in having a conversation because, I mean, and I'm, I'm just talking generally here, and this is a stereotype, but they don't want to hear what you think. That, like I said before, they made up their mind. And we're going to do what we're going to do. So there's a lot of tension there. And yes, the missing cardinal sign there that doesn't have any planets in it right now is cancer. What would you advise? I would say during a week like this, not to close yourself off and not talk about anything. But you can keep some things to yourself. Write them down, maybe. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea to do that. Instead, 
there is the sense in this day and age that if you're not constantly expressing your opinion and your thoughts about things, that you're doing something wrong. And I think that cancer is that little part that reminds us it's okay to process things emotionally and let that inform any of these discussions because it's really easy to have a fight with someone, have an online argument with someone, whatever it is, when you're just coming from a place of Mercury or Mars or these planets in Capricorn and little cancer down there, but what about how it's making everybody feel? Yeah, right. So that's worth keeping in mind Mm -hmm. this week. Well, speaking of feeling, of course, Mercury's going into Scorpio. Yes. So yes. <laughs> a, few days, a few days after that, Mercury's having a pretty intense week. He's doing a lot. Yeah. And intense is exactly the word for Mercury going into Scorpio, which it will do on September 27th, just after midnight here, 1241 a.m. Pacific time. So it has been in Libra for several weeks, as we said before, since September 5th. And it'll be slowing down because Scorpio is the sign it will turn retrograde in, right, April? Right. And it's turning retrograde on October 13th and will turn direct on November 3rd, which happens to be election day here in the United States. So astrologers are a little concerned about that because I think the last time we had a Mercury station on election day was in 2000. Al Gore? Yeah, the Gore and Bush. Oh, wow. Okay. With the hanging chads and all the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be a big week. We'll talk about that as we're coming a little closer to election time. Suffice to say that this Mercury going into Scorpio will be there a little longer than Mercury normally is in a sign because it will be retrograde there. And we talked, I'm sure, towards the beginning of the year about the fact that Mercury was retrograding in water signs all of this year. We did talk about that, yes. And I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure that Mercury retrograded in Scorpio last November, if I'm remembering Mm. correctly. Yeah. It's a little bit of a challenging placement, I think, for Mercury, because we're used to speaking on a fairly superficial level a lot of the time with most people in our lives. You mean just small talk and stuff? Just small talk. Yeah. You know, you walk into the supermarket, you don't have to talk about your hopes and dreams. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about what's <laughs> on sale or whatever. Or, that's you know. a funny way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So Mercury going into Scorpio has a lot less patience for small talk. It wants real talk. It wants to confront difficult realities. It wants you to change the way that you're looking at things. And take a deep dive, right, Scorpio? Right. Find the truth. Find the truth is what, you know, Mercury is. We talked last week, I think, about, was that in the regular episode where you were Encyclopedia Brown? Was that in the regular <laughs> I, episode? Here's the thing. You know, we had the five pot days. <laughs> then we did a little Sunday episode. And then we did, somewhere in there, we recorded last week's episode. So I don't know what day it is. <laughs> At some point in the last two weeks, Yes. <laughs> Well, it's very sleuthing. It's a very sleuthing kind of Mercury. Mm -hmm. It wants to get the real facts. It wants to go deep. There is also on the dark side of Scorpio, as there is for every sign a dark side, is there is a manipulative quality to Mercury and Scorpio. And that will be interesting the closer we get to Election Day here, because it's natural for both sides in an election to want to do their best to persuade people to their point of view. And they have much advanced research that can tell them the best ways to try to do this. And hopefully the idea is to not manipulate facts so much as the approach that you take in getting through to people, but I'm sure both will happen. Right. So for those of us just in our everyday life, 
Mercury and Scorpio through December 1st is just a time for us to really get real about things and be willing to look under the surface of whatever we believe, whatever we think, whatever information comes our way, whatever relationship stuff needs to be dealt with. Mercury will be moving pretty slowly then over the next few weeks from Libra into Scorpio, backing into Libra, and then finally moving into Sag December 1st. It will. Well, you know what time it is now? I do know what time it is. Moon watch. Moon watch. <laughs> it's so haunting. Play it, Jen. <laughs> it must be the Scorpio. I guess you've just been very, it's been very haunting. It's, it's been almost like dark shadows or something. With you doing that intro, yes, it is Moonwatch. And this week we bring to you a first quarter moon at one degree and 29 minutes of Capricorn on September 23rd at 6.55 p.m. Pacific time. Okay. And this is a first quarter. It's not a last quarter where I got caught up before. So a first quarter moon. And that always, of course, brings us, you know, the time of the month in the lunar cycle where it's time to make our plan and take action. This first quarter moon takes place at the Sabian symbol, two degrees of Capricorn, three stained glass windows, one damaged by bombardment, which I liked. And what I like about that is it gives me the sense of, you know, if you have three windows and one of them is broken out, you get a very different view through it because it's not filtered through stained glass. You're skinning the unadulterated sun. I like that. Yeah, it talks possibly about shifts in perception and how we perceive reality seen clearly, at least in one area. That's very lovely. Well, that Sabian symbol for two degrees Libra is always one that puzzles me. It is the light of the sixth race transmuted to the seventh. And I liked what Blaine Bovey wrote about this, that he says that this tends to manifest in individuals, at least if it's in your chart, as a knack for bringing an uplifting tone to situations. And he pointed out that all of the Sabian symbols that are at two degrees have an effect on others and the surroundings, and that the second degree of Libra tends to brighten up situations. And he pointed out that the opposing symbol at two Aries is a comedian entertaining a group. So there's sort of a cheerful, uplifting quality to this, I think, that we wouldn't normally associate with the time of a first quarter moon in Capricorn. What were your thoughts? I thought it was interesting that there were, for the Capricorn symbol, three windows, because of the three beautiful windows, one is damaged, but two are left intact. Mm -hmm. There is more left standing and whole and undamaged than that which is left wrecked and ruined. And the other symbol I thought was interesting just because it's about something changing form, Mm -hmm. even though that symbol really confuses me. Uh, quite a lot, just as you said. Me it, too. It is yeah. very mysterious. I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but something's changing form. We know that. So of these two symbols, something's left whole and intact, and something else is changing form. Well, it's also light that's being transmuted, that's changing. Right. Yeah. And that goes back to the, the other symbol, you know, with the light coming through the... I mean, it doesn't mention light coming through the window, but that's what windows allow, is for light to come in. Right. That's the purpose of a window, right? Yeah. Well, so perhaps what we already have that's gone through some difficulty can be transformative. And you're looking out through the window, maybe. 
That's actually really good. Yeah. And I wish I had looked up the Faye's family for this. Oh, interesting. About nine months ago, we would, well, nine months ago would have been late December, early January. Around December 23rd. Yeah. Oh, that would have been the eclipse. There was an eclipse on the 25th. Oh, indeed there was. Well done. And it was a solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is a first quarter moon. Right. Probably, if you went back to our episode five, Unboxing Eclipses. Oh, look what you did there. You pulled it right out. You would find a cunning commentary about the beginning of this phase family. This is the place then in that two and a half year cycle where we're asked to initiate action based on something that was conceived at that eclipse. And you could get more insight by looking in your birth chart and finding where this first degree of Capricorn lies. Yeah. Which house? Interesting. Mm -hmm. I will link that in the show notes, episode five. Nice. And I will also link the whole phase family initial discussion that we had about this as well. Do it, Jen. You are Linky McLinkerson. (laughs) (laughs) You are silly. Well, that's everything we have on the show sheet. Have we done it? We have done it. Yes. Episode, what are we at? 48. Oh my gosh. Yes. Crawling up on 50 there. In a collector series, as they say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks to all of you for listening to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, we hope that you will subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps folks find us rate and review, and maybe help us spread the word by telling a friend. You can read show notes for this in all of our episodes, as well as full transcripts, and leave your scintillating comments about each episode at our website, bigskyastropod.com. We are super grateful to everyone who showed support during our podathon a couple of weeks ago. Yay. And so this is actually the first week that we're going to begin by thanking you individually by name. And so who do we have this week, April? This week, we want to give a shout out to Sandra Mosley, who I also know as Sunny Mosley mm. of beautiful Oahu. Sandra, I know, is an astrologer of many years, and she actually used to belong to my local and beloved San Diego Astrological Society. Sweet. Far before I was involved, because I don't remember ever meeting her there. But Sandra, we really appreciate you. And thanks, Sandra. We thank you so much for listening to our little podcast and enjoying it enough to lend your support to our podathon. We really appreciate that. And if any listeners out there didn't get a chance to support us during our podathon, you can always make a donation at our website, bigskyastropod.com. As we said earlier, if you donate $5 or more, we'll make sure to get you those special episodes for the equinoxes and solstices. And you can still receive the equinox episode that we publish tomorrow, the 22nd of September. Yay! Yay. Well, that is it for us for this week. Join us again bright and early next Monday. And until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening. To learn more about April Elliott Kent, please check out her website, BigSkyAstrology.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter, read her thought-provoking weekly essays, purchase her books, sign up for a personal astrology reading, and more. That's all for today. If you like what you're listening to, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast and hit subscribe to stay current with new episodes. You can follow Big Sky Astrology on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Sky Astrology. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time.